This is the February 16th edition of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. My name is Ryan Jakey, and I'm here with Corey Litton. How's it going? It's going good. We're going great. We've got another packed episode, and we got it's Daytona week. That's right. I've been doing the whole media tour for yeah. that today. You have been. Yeah, you've been all over the did, place. I uh, did KFGO at 640 in the morning, then right after that, I ended up doing uh, 740 The Fan. Yep. Which that should be airing right around, uh, I guess noon noon time today. And yep, yeah. I've, now I'm now I'm in studio here doing another doing the podcast. Here we go, doing and the big show, doing the big show. And we've got uh, lots to talk about today. We've got ice racing results. We've got locals on the national scene. We've got a Donnie Shots watch. Uh, we had some racing at Volusia Speedway. Uh, we've got. Daytona qualifying, of course. You've got, you have, because I didn't do my homework. Uh, you've got a spoiler this week, and we've got a interview with Bryce Haugerberg. He'll be uh, coming on later to talk a little bit with us, and another schedule release. Uh, we had a little bit of it teased to us before when we had uh, when we had uh, one of our interviews from a few weeks ago with Benji Fromke, and uh, but the Cheyenne Speedway. We're going to do the full reveal. The full the reveal. full reveal. All right. Well, let's get after it. We'll start with ice racing at Lake Cameron, right? Yeah, that's right. They uh, raced last Saturday, and uh, I didn't get a chance to go up there, so I didn't get a chance to really report on the winners out here. But the points have been shaken up here a bit in the full-size class. Tim Kujua on the five car is your point leader, 523 points. He's got a big lead over a tie for second right now between the 14 and Doug Hagen and the 11V of Jimmy Venom with 429 points. Tim Kujua has almost almost 100 point lead going into that final stretch. They their their last week is going to be March 4th. So I mean the, it's the season's winding down for them. Uh, the Baja cars, they've only been running every other week, so that's why we've had a tie for the point lead for quite a while. Well, that's changed now. Mason Sheelin in the 92 car is your point leader at 299 points. The 87 of uh, Hunter Cardinal has uh, is in is uh, right behind is also tied with the WD40 of Max Anderson. They both have 283 points. Uh, racing action continues this Saturday at noon in Erskine, Minnesota, right there on Lake Cameron. And also there's more ice racing going on this weekend out in Underwood at the Underwood Area Lions Ice Racing out there on Bass Lake, 1230 start time on Sunday. All right. What about locals racing on the national scene? Well, from Thursday, February 9th through Saturday, February 11th, the XR Working Man Nationals was going on the XR Vegas Dirt Track in Las Vegas, Nevada. On Thursday, Luke Spring won in the uh, Mini Dwarfs with Cody Isabella and Brody Stewart rounding out the top three. Then it was Cody Thompson winning in the B-Mods. Thief River Falls native Aaron Blacklance finished in second. Williston's Brady Biella finished in third. Carrington's Preston Carr finished in sixth. St. Joseph's Jake Smith and the current in defending with Soda Midwest Modified National Champion Jake Smith finished in 7th, and Laramore's Chris Edmonds finished in 12th. David Tevis passed 16 cars to win in the Dwarf feature. Ooh. That was uh, really impressive. When those little cars get wound up, it is <laughs> impressive to watch. They just sit there and just whine all the way around that big half-mile racetrack out there. John Isabella finished in the second spot. Joe Frock finished in third. Then we moved on to... Uh, the stock cars were Josh Kane won over uh, Ryan Peary, who finished in second. Rob Mosley finished in third. Dents the Ripper, Ryan Satter, finished in the fourth spot. In the Modifieds, Troy Morris the third got the win over Fargo via Pahrump, Nevada's uh, Colin Hibden. 
And uh, Eddie Bellick, uh, Brady Biella did not finish. He was uh, scored in the 25th spot. He had tough luck in that modified throughout the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Then it was uh, Dan Myrick winning the Sport Compacts over Chris Shelton and Kevin Thompson. All right, we move on to Friday. Luke Spring won for the second night in a row with Cody Isabella and Brody Stewart rounding out the top three in the Mini Dwarfs. Then Dylan Thornton won in the B-Mods over Brady Biella and Eric Blacklance. Jake Smith passed 18 cars, so he he two-upped that 16-car pass. Yeah, he did a pretty good run there. Yeah, to finish fifth. Preston Carr finished ninth, and Chris Edmonds finished in the 14th spot. Joe Frock bested David Tevis and John Isabella to win in the Dwarfs. Rob Mosley won in the Stock Cars with Ryan Satter finishing second and Jeremy Castro finishing in the third spot. Colin Hibden passed nine cars to win in the Mods over Ricky Alvarado and Eddie Bellick. Trouble still plagued Brody Biella, who did not finish and wound up in the 16th spot. Then Nick Thompson won in the Sport Compacts with David Stites passing 10 cars to finish second, and Cooper Lee passed 14 cars to finish in the third spot. The track was really nice and racy. I was I was really impressed with what they had out there for track prep crew uh, uh, out there at the uh, Vegas track. For a track that doesn't get a lot of laps on it throughout mm-hmm. the year, I mean, it's only used for special events. I mean, it, was, it sits there, and it's not it's an... It's not a very fun surface to work on, from what yeah. I've seen. Huh. It's uh, they call it moon mud. <laughs> it is unlike any other kind of consistency that you'll ever see. But uh, we go to Saturday. Luke Spring. He completed the hat trick, winning his third mini dwarf feature of the weekend, with Brody Stewart finishing in second and Micah Morris finishing in third. Preston Carr took the B mod win, with Jake Smith finishing second and Dylan Thornton finishing in third. Brady Biella finished in the fourth spot. He did a lot better in the B mod than he did in the A mod. Hmm. Aaron Blacklands finished in sixth. Chris Edmonds finished in 13th. Race of the night had Ryan Satter sneaking by Kevin Roberts and winning by 44 thousandths of a second on the Ooh. last lap. That's uh, not much. That's No, it was close. Uh, I was watching that one live on uh, on XR uh, Plus, and, and I was jumping out of my seat and go, yelling, Go! Go! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I was I was pretty pumped on that one. Great run for the Ripper Ryan Satter. Again, he comes from uh, Wee Town Racing. Uh, oh, area. okay. Yeah, his, his dad is a former track champion at the Wee Town uh, Outlaw Speedway. Uh, Ed Henderson finished in the third spot, rounding out their top three there in the stock cars. Joe Frock won the dwarf car feature with Ronnie Williams finishing in second, Shane Simper finishing in third. Modifieds had a barn burner of their own when Colin Hibden passed 10 cars for the lead, but barely held off Troy Morris the third for the win in traffic at the end of the race. Hibden got held up just a little bit, and Troy Morris got right up on the back bumper there, but just did not have enough to get the win. Hibden ended up holding on for it. Dominic Urseta finished in the third spot. Then it was Dan Myrick who passed eight cars to win in the Sport Compacts, with Nick Thompson passing nine cars to finish second, and Kevin Thompson finishing in third. All right, then we had a Donnie Shots watch. What happened with Donnie? Well, he he's been uh, he's been very busy this uh, last uh, this last couple of weeks. Airplane well, uh, licenses and air, whole... yeah, getting his airplane license. You're right, and then uh, <laughs> racing with the All Stars, then racing with the World of Outlaws, uh, and they started off their racing season on Thursday with David Gravel, uh, who uh, started off well with his win on Thursday. Gravel outran uh, Buddy Kofoid and Danny Dietrich for the win. Uh, Donnie Schatz did not have a great night compared to his runner-up finish the night before with that All-Stars race. Schatz ended up in the 14th spot. All right, and then on Friday, another day, another David Gravel win. Again, Gravel held off 
Buddy Kofoid for the win with Logan Schuhart finishing in the third spot. Shots again didn't get the results he was looking for, losing five spots to finish 20th. Rain washed out Saturday night's main event, and racing took the day off on Sunday. But Donnie Schott switched gears and hopped in his late model Monday night. Yeah, there was something going on on Sunday. I don't really remember much from that day, but yeah. They, they, <laughs> so maybe I took a day off too. Um, on Monday, Hudson O'Neill won night number one of the Dirt Car Nationals in the late models with Tim McCready finishing in second and Chris Madden rounding out the podium. podium. Uh, Shots lost six spots in that one and finished 18th. Ooh, tough run. Tuesday night, Tim McCready improved one spot to take the win Tuesday with Bobby Pierce finishing second and Hudson O'Neill finishing third. NASCAR's Kyle Larson started 20th and charged up to 13th. Donnie Schatz charged up five spots in his last chance showdown, but finished three spots out of making the main event. Yeah, Larson had to go through a B main also as well, and uh, so he passed a lot more than just seven cars Mm -hmm. to get up to 13th. Uh, Wednesday, in a format change, all of the late models were divided up into three separate features. So there's, I mean, the the, the toughest late model drivers in the country were at this event, and there were a, a lot of them. I know uh, they had at least 18 cars in every feature race So when they divided them up. Um, the, instead of the usual qualifying heat race, last chance, A-Main style formula, formula that they normally have for their format out there, uh, feature number one, it was Big Sexy Brandon Overton with the win. Ashton Winger finished in second. Max Blair finished in third. Tim McCready won the second feature with Dalton Wilson finishing in second and Devin Moran finishing in third. Donnie Schatz passed four cars to finish in 12th in that one. In uh, feature number three, it was Chris Smokey Madden winning with Boom Briggs finishing second, Hudson O'Neill finishing in third. Tonight, the action at Volusia picks up as the World of Outlaw Late Models will start their first of three days, along with the, the Dirt Car Big Block Modifieds, and those are a lot of fun to watch. Um, they're, they're modified race cars that are made, you sit more in the center of the car instead of, oh, you know, really? kind of on the side. It's These are purpose-built, and uh, the whole car is basically a wing. Okay. And uh, the suspensions on them are, are pretty intricate, and they're kind of weird. So they really, <laughs> I mean, these cars have a lot of attitude when they go through the corners. So it's it's uh, fun to watch them, along with, the, of course, the most powerful late models on the planet, the World of Outlaw Late Models, who, again, will be coming up here, I believe, Wednesday, June 28th for, at the Red River Valley Speedway. Um, you can watch them every night live on Dirt Vision this weekend, too. All right. We got NASCAR action. That's right. Some qualifying, right? Yep. Qualifying happened last night. Alex Bowman with a 49.536 second lap won the pole for Sunday's Great American Race. His third uh, pole and his record sixth consecutive front row start at Daytona. Wow. Um, I can't remember all the people he was tied with when he had five uh, consecutive front row starts, but all of them are in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. That's crazy. (laughs) That's an incredible stat. Um, last year's pole sitter Kyle Larson uh, qualified in second with a lap of 49.708, and then William Byron qualified third with a 49.799, making it a Hendrick Motorsports 1-2-3 qualifying effort. Um, some other drivers of note, Jimmy Johnson had to make it on the strength of his qualifying time for the first time since 2002. Wow. I was 19 years old when he did that. 21 years ago. Yes, and, wow. he, and he did. He made it in. Also making the show uh, on time uh, was action sports star Travis Pastrana. 
recently picking up a win in the driving a UMP dirt modified Volusia Speedway Park and only his second start in one of those cars. So he goes out there just to kind of th- try it out, and he's coming back with a, with a Gator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my boy Blaney got qualified seventh, and your boy Chastain wound up 15th. I saw that. So they're going to be racing the same duel together because tonight is the duels. Yes. Where the field is split up uh, half by odd qualifiers in one race and evens in the other. Well, whatever spot you finish as the row, you will start except for if you win and you're not uh, qualified on the front row. Mm-hmm. Um, that's already locked in place. Yes. You can catch that on FS1 at 6 p.m., I believe, here tonight. Um, and then, of course, Sunday, February 19th, the Daytona 500, live on Fox at one thirty. The one thirty start time. I like the one thirty start time. used to be noon all the time. I was fine with noon. Um, but, you know, the one thirty start time gets it so that they use the lights that they put out there mm-hmm. that they only use three times a year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, good for them, I guess. I like that. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that for the first time, Everybody who will be running in the Daytona 500 will have never competed against Dale Earnhardt. That is, uh, and you know, going back after you said this before we went on air, I, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I forgot because Kurt Busch was the last guy mm-hmm. that did. Um, yeah, this will be the first Daytona 500 because he dropped out towards the end of the year last year. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Ryan Newman's racing this year. So right. Uh, those are the last two that I could remember that were in in Cup Series because, I mean, even with Jimmy Johnson and his great success, um, he never raced against Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, he was the 2002 Rookie of the Year. If you, <laughs> you think about that, that's I mean, that's 22 years ago. So those guys who did compete against him had a long run. That's right. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if it was just a couple of years, it was a long run yeah. for that because it's you're pushing 25 years at this point that, right. that you're in NASCAR's top level. Yeah, that yeah, the top, the top of the top, and you know, Kevin Harvick obviously never uh, never raced against Dale Earnhardt, but he's had a long run here too now, and now he's retiring. Yeah, yep. so we've had complete and total careers throughout this whole thing. I mean, once you think about it, some of the people that are, uh, I mean, uh, that it, that had. Some of the top stars that they've they've had full careers and retired since the, yeah. since Dale Earnhardt passed away. Even Jimmy Johnson kind of retired for a little bit. He went and raced carts or whatever yeah. it was. Oh, uh, yeah, Indy cars. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he came back. Yeah, and left yeah. and came back. So yeah, that's uh, that's it's interesting. Something to something to think about. Yeah, it's it it, it just it doesn't seem. Doesn't seem like it's possible, but it is. It's yep. happening, and it's you know definitely the end of an era. Yep, absolutely. So I uh, mentioned it earlier. I did not do my homework. I failed. I get a I get an F on this one. Uh, we have a spoilers breakdowns and setup sheets, and this week will be a spoiler you reviewed and asked me to review, and I dropped the ball. I fumbled. What what would we call it in uh, in racing? I backed into the fence. Is that what we would say? <laughs> when you have a football analogy, it's uh, you, I, fum- I fumbled. You blew it off the corner in this one. <laughs> Backed her into the fence. All right, Snake and Mongoose. Let's hear about it. Uh, Snake and Mongoose is a movie that was made in 2013. You can catch it on Peacock. It's an hour and 42 minutes. The director is Wayne Holloway. It stars Jesse Williams as Don the Snake Prudhomme and Richard Blake as Tom Mongoose McEwen. Noah Wiley's in here also. Really? Yeah, he's a name. Um, yeah. 
He's Arthur Spear, the uh, I guess the president of Mattel Corporation at the time. Okay. Um, Ian Ziering plays a character in here too, so that's the only two people I recognized. Hmm. So yeah, the guy from nine oh two one oh. Yeah, Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh. Yeah. So the the movie follows uh, the most definitive and important rivalry in the sport of drag racing. Don the Snake Prudhomme couldn't be any different from his biggest rival, Tom Mongoose McEwen, but the two form a par- or partnership along with the Mattel Corporation, which puts their Hot Wheels brand on the side of their cars and also produces Hot Wheels versions of their cars, which qu- quickly become the best sellers for the company. I think it actually was the best selling toy for a while. And it also started something big where, um, like, this is like the beginning of when they had those tracks that you could drive your cars down. You can push oh, your cars down and yeah, stuff. That's yep, yep. pretty much the start of this this whole thing, and uh, which was a pretty cool thing that they showed out there. They also showed, you know, the rivalry between the two of them, which uh, kind of sparked that whole thing. Uh, you know, one guy uh, being named the Snake because of how quickly he strikes. But what can beat a snake? A mongoose. A mongoose. Sure. <laughs> so. <laughs> It was. Even, it I was really know what cool. A mongoose is to be honest with you. Yeah, the the two of them have a, have a pretty good partnership, which eventually dissolves. Uh, in uh, but they still keep the rivalry going and the friendship going, mm-hmm. and uh, their lives have their various ups and downs. Prudhomme's uh, and McEwen's personal lives with his, and they also put in historical uh, racing footage, so you can tell they didn't really like. I'm not sure if they even had motors in the cars that they were act, acting around. Oh, okay. Like they just had props or whatever, but uh, the cars looked cool because mm-hmm. they are the uh, mock-ups of the old ones, and sure. they looked exactly like it. But uh, um, you could definitely tell whatever footage they used of actual driving was not was actual footage from back when they were racing. Sure, it wasn't uh, made for TV. And they had the <laughs> when they're showing them in car in the cars and everything like that, and they're shaking around. And it's like, yeah, we, <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> I mean, it is a movie. It's supposed to. Yeah. It's not going to be real, anyways. But right. yeah, you could tell it was a little cheesy at times. But I liked it. It came off a as a made-for-TV movie, as I like to say. Yep. Um, I like it. I give it a green flag. Even though, I mean, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it's not a horrible racing movie. Okay. Uh, so that's why I got to put it up kind of more higher up. So okay, I, I, I'd say go watch it. It had a 5.6 out of 10 IMDb uh, score, though, which which isn't great. But no, I don't. I think... don't. I don't put a lot of stock into the IMDb scores. There's plenty of movies that I've I've seen that have a nine or a you know a high grade, and I'm like, no, not <laughs> not not interested. And there's other ones that I've had low grades, but I have a obscure taste in movies and music i guess so i think it actually got a lower score I, i'll have to go back in my notes and look but i think it might have actually got a lower score than uh what was that one that travolta movie that we watched <laughs> trading paint. trading paint oh the yeah. one we did last week yeah, yeah the one i tried to put out of my mind yeah <laughs> i think it, i think that one actually had a higher imdb score did it really <laughs> yeah wow well yikes yeah there you go so all right well there's uh there's your spoiler for the week up, up next, we've got a winter view. Bryce Haugeberg will be joining us. All right, we've got Bryce Haugeberg with us. Bryce is down in Daytona. Uh, he's an Arca Menard Series driver. Uh, you're going to be running on Saturday. Is that right, Bryce? Yes, the race will be streamed on FS1 Saturday at 1 o'clock. All right, so uh, Bryce, I mean... 
I watched you start here in the go-karts and race of the Red River Kart Club around here. And what made you and make this trip jump up so quickly to, to go for like ARCA and stuff like that? I mean, what was your uh, influence on this? Um, you know, ever since I was in the go-karts, I mean, it's every little kid's dream to be a NASCAR driver. And the racing is not very big up where we are just a lot of dirt track racing so we jumped into that out of go-karts and we got to know some people and um just connections happened and i took took an opportunity and it led me here so ever since that day i've always told people to take any opportunity given to you so how old were you when you did when you got uh let's 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 start from the beginning here and uh let's when you got into go-karts how old were you when you started i was eight years old Eight years old and do it turning laps at the Red River Car Club. And now, how old are you? I am nineteen. So, in eleven wow. short years from the go kart track crazy. to Daytona, man, that That's is awesome. That is uh, pretty uh, pretty impressive there. Um, so, when you when you uh, first started as a go kart racer, um, who were your favorite racers uh, that that you that kind of influenced you? Um, Donnie Schatz was he was a local, so he was always an inspiration to me in the dirt car level. And when I was really young, we did some NASCAR racing with Cody Erickson. And I really looked up to him because I thought it was the coolest thing ever to help him at Eldora in the NASCAR truck race. I got to be his mud scraper when I was, I think, 11 (laughs) years old. And But I think the top NASCAR driver I always liked was Jeff Gordon. Okay. You're, wow, you're you're old enough to remember him. <laughs> we we're just joking about uh, earlier about some of the NASCAR drivers that are are no longer racing right now. And yeah, Jeff Gordon. Yeah, he, I guess yeah, he's he's still very influential when it comes to that racing. So uh, you did a little bit of racing kind of around this area too, um, outside of the go karts and stuff. You kind of jumped into a lightning sprint, didn't you? Yep. And lightning sprint was the first step out of a go kart, and we kind of. We swung out that big and started hopping around shows and traveling to different states for it. And those lightning sprints have been a blast. Yeah, it, it, it does seem to have a, that is kind of a logical step from the go-karts around this area too. But uh, so going on now to ARCA series, um, you know, you, you mentioned, of course, with Cody Erickson uh, being one of your influences, he kind of had some people to talk to. He had to do some ARCA racing too just so that he could get that truck race. So does that mean that you possibly have a chance to go from ARCA to maybe a higher higher level like the truck series, Xfinity, or maybe even Cup series? Is, is that the goal? Yeah, and this, that's the goal, and it's definitely a very good possibility. Um, we do own a truck ourselves right now, so if we feel there's a day that I'm ready, we could um, make it happen to go truck racing, but we starting to get to know a lot of big names around here and I'm getting my name out there and that's just part of the game is getting my getting my name out there for hopefully someone to take a chance on me down the road and it's definitely possible in the near future to make a start in the trucks or Xfinity level. So now you already do have experience racing in the Arca series um, and and at uh, at some of the big tracks too. I mean, talk about that a little bit. What's it like going uh, going out there and racing at those big tracks all wide open like that? It's definitely crazy. Um, 
especially my first time two years ago coming to Daytona, you you drive underneath the tunnel and you, your eyes just open up with how big the facility is and all the all the big haulers and the fancy fancy cars. It's new to me for just being around local dirt track racing. So that was always something different. And the fact that you have your own crew to work on your car for you, it was really hard to get used to that at first. Cause I've always, I've always worked on my own car and my own lightning sprint. So, um, I've, I just want to get my hands on the car and the crew just takes care of all of it. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be kind of one of those switches. that's <laughs> tough to, tough to flip off, uh, there, uh, so, so Bryce, how fast does a car, an ARCA car go? Cause I know it's not as fast as a cup car. So how fast can you get one of those up to? About 190 we can reach at wow. Daytona if you're in the draft. So Ryan, how fast have you gone in a car at no. the age of 19? Oh, at 19? Well, not that fast, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, uh, maybe take the one off the front of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hit 140 in a 70 Dodge Challenger by this point, and I thought I was pretty, pretty uh, awesome, but not 190. That just has a whole <laughs> new level right there. How does that? How does that feel? Rice. It honestly, you don't even know you're going that fast at Daytona. You're you can go 190 and you can take your hand off the wheel and eat a cheeseburger. Wow! <laughs> don't do that. No, the back, the back stretch especially is so long. You can almost just take a nap, which I don't recommend doing. <laughs> so just, that's how that's how relaxed it is, and you you really do not get that feeling of going 190 miles an hour. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, so you did a lot of the schedule last year. How was your? How did your season go for you? It had its ups and downs. Um, we're just a family-owned team, so we're learning as we go and getting better on our own. And um, I've had lots of lots of help from guys that give me advice, and we ended up with two top tens last year. I think. We made 11 races out of, I think, 22 of the whole schedule, and we finished 15th in points out of over 100 total drivers that had entered an ARCA race last year. So yeah, that's overall, the, our final point standings were pretty good, but there's definitely improvement there. Uh, so uh, what's so? you also had a, quite the interesting accident, though, too, didn't you? Yeah, that was actually my first top 10 which was my best finish of the year was in that horrific accident i was in talk us through that what 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 all happened in that accident well so to start the day off it was my first stock car dirt race so i was pretty excited to finally get back to my roots and just see what i can do with those guys on my comfort zone and the day was going pretty good. We were running in the the 10th position range almost all day. And we were coming up. I was really coming to one to go. I was the only car in the whole field without a scratch on it, which is ironic because then that very lap coming to the white flag, I was the only car that was upside down. <laughs> <laughs> and this so is, which I, track was this I at, Bryce? It was Springfield, Illinois. Okay. Um, I had 
come out of turn four and I blew a tire and your dirt track instinct is to go high and get out of the way. So that's what I did. And the dust was so bad. And in these stock cars with your windshield, it's almost impossible to see. So I was stopped up high on the front stretch and I got ran over from behind at 90 miles an hour and it just chucked my car in the air and the rest was history. I've seen some photos of that, and I saw I saw the uh, I saw the video of it too, and that was that was definitely an insane wreck. And uh, glad you're okay. I mean, but what hap- What's the first feeling when you get hit like that? Is it how bad does that hurt? You know, I I was in the middle of radioing into my team, so it completely blindsided me. I had felt myself get hit, and I closed my eyes and I opened them, and I was looking at the ground. And I was a little little confused, but I climbed out of the car perfectly fine. I had zero injuries whatsoever, which is amazing for how violent it was. But I just had a sore back the next day, and that was pretty much it. Wow. It must be nice to be young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Hagerberg is our guest right now, going to be driving with the Arkham Menards series at Daytona on Saturday. And uh, uh, Bryce, how much of the schedule are you planning on doing this year for Arca? We will try to hit about the same as last year, the 11 races. Um, most of the big ones will be at Daytona, obviously, Talladega. Elko, Minnesota is a close one for any of you fans back at home that want to catch a race. Um, we'll be in Iowa, hopefully Kansas and Phoenix. And the rest is just based on sponsorship. Um, we're looking for help. Anyone that wants to hop on board is more than welcome, so... The more people we get on board, the more races I can get to. So, so who do you have that helps you out? You know, with crew and sponsor wise, and uh, car or car ownership and everything like that. Well, so right now it's we're self funding our car. It's my Magnum Contracting and Halkeberg Farms. Um, we we personally own the car and we keep it in North Carolina, where Andy Hilberg for fast track racing has a shop out of and they, him and his guys work on the car each week and bring it to the track. And I just got to hop on a plane and meet them there. <laughs> the old call trickle uh, effect out there to show up with your helmet and, and just hop on in. All right. Uh, so Bryce, uh, again, thank you very much for, for, uh, for joining us here uh, today. Uh, we'll let you get back to work here. Um, uh, and you know we'll be cheering for you. Best of luck. Um, what? So just beforehand though, before we let you go, tell us. Uh, tell us what you're driving. Like what kind of car you got? What what number you got on there? And uh, any other any other people you'd like to thank? I will be in the number eleven Magnum Contracting Toyota Camry. Um, I got first off thank my dad because without him, I would not be doing any of this today at such a young age so without him none of this is possible i gotta thank all my family my friends um all you guys at the red river cart club because i wouldn't be the guy i am in the race i am today without you guys um ty wilkie brody Carlsrude, all those guys i raced with the brass f those were some of the best racing days i've ever had and they pushed me to be a better race car driver and the Red River Cart Club is where it all started. So, 
none of this would be possible without going down that path. Well, all right, Bryce, again, thank you very much uh, for, for for jumping on here today. And uh, we're glad we were able to, to fit, fit in with the schedules here that we both have. I mean, you have a busy day today and a busy next several days. So we're pulling for you and uh, just want to give you all the, all the luck you can possibly get. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on your guys' show. All right. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, that was Bryce Haugerberg. Thank you to Bryce for joining us. Let's move on to our schedule release. Cheyenne Speedway, the 50th season. That's right. You know, getting up there in uh, in uh, in age out there, the Cheyenne Speedway, but you know, it looks pretty good for its age. I know Benji and crew have uh, really done a great job out there getting that track in shape and looking real nice uh, lately, especially since they added grandstands, they got added mm-hmm. wall, they paint, painted the wall real nice. Uh, the track is looking real good out there. They're going to start off in April. Uh, first off, they have a test and tune Thursday the 27th and Sunday the 30th, and they're switching this year. Uh, normally they run on uh, on Sundays, but now they're switching to Thursdays. They're calling it Thursday th- Thursdays at the uh, Cheyenne Speedway. Okay. Um, on Thursday the 4th will be their season opener. That'll be in May, and this is an earlier start time for them too. They've added a lot more dates than what they normally do. Um, then they go Thursday the 11th will be Speed Fest. Thursday the 18th will be Kids Night. Uh, Monday the 29th that'll be the Memorial Day uh, annual race that they do out there, which is always a always a great time. They bring every car onto the track to do a parade lap um, behind behind a pace vehicle for that that okay. event. And that's that's pretty cool seeing all those cars in the track at the same time. Uh, in June. Uh, Thursday the 8th will be the uh, Dirt Race Central Street Stock Tour. No Modifieds will be on the card that night. Thursday the 15th will be the Moonshine Mod Tour. It's just the first season of this, the Moonshine Mod Tour. Real interesting to to, uh, to see out there. There will be no street stocks uh, in attendance that night. Thursday the 22nd, the U.S. Legend Cars Tour will be there. No Midwest Modifieds on the card that night. And then Thursday, the 29th, will be the 50th anniversary street stock tour with fireworks to follow. All right. Now, normally, typically, they uh, take all of July off. They do have one race uh, scheduled. That'll be Sunday, the 16th. That'll be their annual Top Gun race. Then in August, they have uh, Thursday, the 3rd, it'll be the Rebel Midwest Modified Tour. No modifieds. That night, uh, Thursday, the 10th, will be the Moonshine Modified Tour. No street stocks. Thursday the 17th will be the Race of Champions of the U.S. Legends Car Tour. No mini stocks or hobby stocks that night. Then uh, Thursday the 24th will be the Ransom County Fair, the track championship with no modifieds because uh, they need to, I believe, uh, there's a little bit of a conflict that night, so they won't have that. Uh, So normally they're done right around that time. Well, guess what? There's more. But wait. (laughs) They are going to be racing September. The Dakota Dream will be Saturday, the 30th of September, with a 4 p.m. start time. Then in October, apparently they want to celebrate my birthday because this is <laughs> the day, two days beforehand. So this could be great, or it could be uh, it could be dangerous. I think it'll be great. But uh, it'll be Friday, the 13th. It'll be the Street Stock Nationals, along with Saturday, the 14th, Street Stock Nationals out there at the Cheyenne Speedway. And uh, this year they've added uh, Modifieds Weekly. So that's the first time for them they've ever had that. The, uh, the Wasota Modifieds Racing racing Weekly for uh, for this whole event, which, which will be 
pretty impressive. So uh, all year long, along with the regular classes, I believe it'll be hobby stocks, mini stocks, legends, and with sort of Midwest modifieds, along with the street stocks too. So uh, that's what you're going to get every week out there at the Cheyenne Speedway. All right, the Cheyenne Speedway down in Lisbon. So that'll be fun. Another schedule release. So we are getting close. It's getting to be that time. Yeah, I know. It's I, I'm almost starting to get goosebumps here on this one. And you know, we had that fake spring here a couple yeah, days ago. Yeah, we and did. It, it was. It started to get me ready for this stuff. So, like, I even I even got out of bed for more than three hours that one day, <laughs> and I was I was ruddy. <laughs> That's great. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us uh, at Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap KFGO.com. Don't forget that you can find us anywhere you find your podcast. You can. Let people know, share it around, tell them, hey, I got this great podcast. I think you should check it out. Ryan Janke, Corey Litton. We'll see you next time. Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap.